Hey, welcome back to the Quarantine Podcast. This is AJ Swanson. Um, it's day three. For you public school kids, you might be like, this is going to be the new norm? It's kind of weird. Uh, this is different. Uh, maybe you haven't changed out of your clothing in three days. I hope you have. I hope you've showered. Um, I hope you're not just eating Pop-Tarts and laying around the house. For you homeschool kids, you're like, this is day like 3017 of this. There's really not much difference for us outside of maybe our typical hangouts aren't the same. So you're coming from different perspectives, from different starting points. But the beauty of the Christian life is that we are all the same in Christ, that we... um, come together even though we are different and support each other in the midst of trials when they are different and they are the same. And then how do we extend that to the world, right? How do we extend that to the world? We're going to be in Matthew today, Matthew 5. Again, only a couple couple verses today. It's right after the Beatitudes, verses 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So while we all might start at different locations, and this might be new for some of you, this might be regular for some of you, um, we all have the same destination, and that is to be at the, at the feet of the throne of Christ. While we wait for that, we're left on the world, and we need to be different from the world. If you know anything about salt, salt... Um, does a couple things. It's got a particular taste. It's unlike anything else. And when mingled with other substances, it preserves those substances from corruption. I think Jesus chose this analogy very well. Likewise, Christians are also in this um, passage like light. So you are the salt and the light. Light, if you know this, is very distinct from darkness. Um, A small spark in a dark room can light the whole area. Uh, It can bring light. We're to be those things. Luckily for you, we have over, well, just at 2,000 years of church history, which we have forefathers who have gone through kind of similar situations, if not worse, because healthcare and hospitals um, were you could argue, a Christian invention, but it wasn't in the first couple centuries. I want to read to you, I was reading an article, Four Lessons of Church History from the Gospel Coalition, about um, two specific um, brothers in Christ, fathers in Christ, who handled disease during their time. First one was Dionysius, Bishop of Alexandria in AD 260. So while Marcus Aurelius was emperor, a plague struck... Some say it was smallpox. And over a 15-year period, it killed a quarter to a third of the Roman Empire. That's crazy, y'all. 
So Stark estimates that at this time there were 45,000 Christians in existence. So that's just at 0.08% of the empire. And despite their numbers, their response to the pandemic won admiration and a great following. Dionysus, Bishop of Alexandria, reported this. Most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Many in nursing and caring, curing others transferred their death to themselves and died in their stead. This evident Christian likeness taking death in order to give life stood out in stark contrast to those outside the church. They were being salt and light. So plagues, believe it or not, well, you should easily believe it. They intensify the natural course of life. We are much more aware of death today than we were probably this time two weeks ago. Um, mostly because it's on the news all the time, even though not, not as many people have died in this country compared to um, other countries that we're talking about. Um, Cyprian, Bishop of Carthage, had something similar later. So Stark reckons that Christian population in 8251 had just been shy of 1.2 million. That's 1.9% of the empire, an incredible increase from the second century, though the church still represented only a tiny minority of the empire. However, again, in the midst of what we believe was perhaps a measles plague, measles plague um, Christians stood up again. This is what Cyprian said. He said, how, how suitable, how necessary it is that this plague and pestilence, which seems horrible and deadly, searches out the justice of each and every one and examines the mind of the human race, whether the healthy care for the sick, whether relatives dutifully love kinsmen as they should, or the physicians do not desert the afflicted. The plague searches us. And in the situation that we're in today, it is searching the American psyche. How are we responding? How are you responding in the midst of this trial? Um, and from there, it goes on to talk about how at the very end, um, around 8,300, a marginal movement had now grown into 6 million believers. And Rodney Stark will tell you that plagues were a huge factor in this. Plagues were a huge factor in which salt and light could be clearly seen on the world. Now, we're not in a plague. Um, you're a teenager, if you're listening to this more than likely, and more than likely, um, your chances of dying are extremely low. Um, no teenager has died from this. Um, one child um, has um, has been diagnosed with this, but I believe if I read the report correctly, they had pre-existing conditions. So you are immune in many ways, even though you can still be a carrier. So the question I pose to you today is, how do you love your neighbors? And yes, your neighbors include your brothers and sisters that are at home with you and your mother and father, who you might be seeing a lot more of because they're working from their home office. How can you love them? How can you love your neighbors across the street? Um, for some of you, this is weird. It might be staying away from them. Um, giving them, because you might be a carrier, the chance to kind of make sure that um, they're cared for and not exposed, especially if they're elderly. Um, find ways to reach out to neighbors. See if you can pick up groceries for them. See if you can um, lawn work, house care, home care, dog walking, 
Um, this might be a great opportunity for you to be salt and light in the world. Get creative. Find ways that you can um, love your neighbor well during this season. Um, and I'd give you a chance um, maybe to even to get out of the house. Um, praying for you guys. Hope you have a great day three. And I'll um, hopefully be talking to many of you individually this week. I'd love to hear updates. Um, and then uh, we'll get, in for more in, get more information on what's going to be happening in the weeks to come and the days to follow. Peace. Peace.